0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Story X Story Live. Story X Story is the show where we discuss stories across pop culture and give you advice on creating your own. This is a live stream special that we call The Story Club, and I'm your co-host, Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host.
0: And Story Club is something we started, I'm going to say, last year. uh, I think it was 2021. And uh, it's where Tazzy and I invite different guests for a deep dive into either a comic or a manga or a video game story. And over the next hour, we'll be breaking down different areas like the narrative, the world building, characters and themes. Because if you have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you will know I always like to bring it to some kind of theme So you can subscribe to the podcast on pretty much whatever podcasts are found. So Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever else uh, you can get your podcast from. You can always send us your feedback to feedback at MyMatter.com. You can throw your comments at us on social media. We are at MyMatter on Twitter, at TV on Instagram and now TikTok uh, or at Tazzy on all the above.
1: And thank you everyone for joining, who's joining us live in chat. Hey Paladin, hello the arts of MoMo. And obviously, they Panther, my mother, me, <laughs> in chat. <laughs> uh, welcome, thank you so much for joining us today. So, without further ado, let's meet our guests for today's deep dive. Today, joining me and Nigel is
2: Vic. Luca of Mega City Comics. Welcome, Vic. Hello. Thank you, Dazzy. Thanks, Nigel, for having me here. That's awesome. Glad to have you
1: here. And also, uh, Laura Callahan of WIP Comics. Welcome. I think I'm muted. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) Classic.
3: (laughs) You always get someone. I I thought, okay, in case there's any bad noises in the, like, the,
1: Thing, i'll be professional on mute myself and then and professionally stay on mute we hear yeah. you on that one. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us we'll, we'll put some links to instagram accounts in the in the uh chat so that you can you can follow these wonderful people uh, elsewhere and i'm sure you're going to want to after we have this great discussion you'll be like i need to know more from them <laughs> um yeah Nigel. what are we talking about today
0: so today, Tazzy, we are talking about a manga called Tropic of the Sea. Like I said, we're going to get into all the details, but I will do a very quick recap, quicker than the ones I do on the audio podcast, and then we'll uh, get into it. So this is uh, a manga by Satoshi Kon, who you may know from many great works in the field of animation. Um, but this is, if I'm correct, is his first full-length manga.
2: Yeah, pretty much. He's only worked on a very small press uh, work that is actually collected in another book. But this is his first fully finished, fully fledged manga.
0: All right. So the story goes like this. The main protagonist, Yotsuke, his family has a strange tradition. Once every 60 years, they receive an egg from a mermaid. When the egg matures, his family dutifully returns it to the sea, where the whole process is then repeated. In exchange for this favour, the mer people bless his coastal town with bountiful catches of fish and calm seas. But as commercial development encroaches on the sleepy seaside village and Yotsuke's father is lured away from tradition towards modern prosperity and turns the egg into a tourist trap, what will happen to the promise of their family made to the mermaids generations ago? So yeah, that's the, the premise of the story. Written and illustrated by Satoshi Kon, as Vic mentioned his first uh, feature length so we've covered Satoshi Kon's or some of Satoshi Kon's work in uh, an episode we did on Perfect Blue, Paprika, I feel there was something else or is it just those two? It was those
1: two was we those have two. Okay. talked about doing Tokyo Godfathers so. Ah
0: uh, yeah so Tokyo Godfathers uh, he's also the Millennium Actress and has a an very interesting distinct style and we're going to get into the sort of connection between that style and what we see here. Um, and then for those that uh, weren't aware, he did actually die in August of 2010 of pancreatic cancer. So uh, no longer with us, but see, the uh, nature of art. Your, your work lives beyond you, which is kind of a sobering thought when I go and write my next manga. But anyway, we're not here to suffer existential crisis yet. I, don't, I think it's too early to start doing that. But Uh, we'll get into the topics we'll get into the conversation about the story so we're talking about visual medium here so i feel we should uh, speak about the the art style get into that and i think we so we did mention this in the introductions but just to clarify so vic and lara also make comics i guess you you guys can give that perspective in terms of like the way this has been put together visually and one of the things that kind of struck me when I first got the book, and uh, oh, I also see, I've learned from, I'm learning from having people who make comics. There we go. We all bought, we all bought props because I, I always forget to bring an actual physical books. So yeah, I've got book. Yeah, it's actually
2: a blank inside. It's just yeah, uh, no, yeah, just <laughs> the just, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is I'm freestyling this whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like when I look at the pages and uh, the art style. It appears, and I don't say this in a in a bad way, but given like sort of manga stereotypes, it, it appears less cartoony than you would expect of a typical manga. And the, the characters, the environments, there's more realism, realistic features. Did you all notice that? So Vic, I know you've read this book before. I've read it only recently. Is that something that stood out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's actually one of the mangas that I recommend to people that come from Western comics or European comics to actually get into manga. I think it's a fantastic getaway. It's part of the whole new wave manga movement that, you know, Otomo and a bunch of other mangakas were kind of uh, working on at the time. So it's not focused on the, you know, cartoony feel to it. Um, it's definitely more focused on kind of giving you more of a, you know, real cinematographic, almost Hollywood experience. And that's something that actually Gone has always been super into uh, since it was in college, like Hollywood movies. Um, and that's eventually what it ends up with. So it definitely feels way more cinegraphic than, you know, just um, just your regular manga.
0: You know, actually, as you said, you can kind of feel it. The You can feel the film director coming out it's almost like yeah uh, in like in video games when kojima makes a game he's like this guy really wants to make a film <laughs> he's, yeah he's, yeah 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 exactly it's that kind of thing
2: and to further expand on uh, otomo uh he was actually an assistant for Katsuhiro otomo he actually worked on akira and uh, worked on a short stories for memories which is another animated short story movies so he's actually a follower and student of akira and and, and, you know, Otomo's work in general. You can actually see it in some of the faces and some of the, um, even panel layout. It's um, yeah. It's very much of that time.
3: I think that's what struck me first. The kind of hyper real, I always focus on buildings, landscape, vehicles, right? So when the artist is taking it to that level and sometimes I think, was he challenging himself? I mean, to have a construction site, with cranes and that kind of depth. And that's a challenge. No one's out there doing that because of the joy of it. But it's, Do you mean it in terms of like, very... so
0: illustrating that kind of scene? Yes.
3: Yeah. I just think it's, is so that the, the attention to detail with that kind of landscape is and the only other thing I always think of is Akira because it's the, there's a lot of landscape scenes. I mean, there are other examples, but when I saw this, I don't know why Akira came, well, I obviously I know now why it's so relatable, but like that's the first thing that sort of came to mind. I think because maybe it's because it's so iconic and the faces are quite similar as well, maybe a little bit, but yeah, the I mean the art style is just stunning. I wish it was bigger. Like it's yeah. you know, a very small book. <laughs> I, mean, I love looking at things. <laughs> <laughs> so it would it would be great if it was like the traditional Kira books, which are just like A4 almost, be even more stunning. Although I would say, okay, maybe this is a bit controversial. Uh, not really, but like, <laughs> I, the, the, the cinematography of it does definitely come through. I don't think every panel transition was great. I think it was a bit clunky in some senses. Now, if you ask me which ones...
0: That was going to be my next question.
3: I should have made a note <laughs> of it. I've definitely, I definitely thought there are some that...
0: I'm going to okay, flick through now.
3: <laughs> so even, okay, now I'm being picky, but I think it is a reflection of the cinematography. There are ways that when com- the comic medium is used, I feel, to to the extent of the visual medium on paper, there's a way of flowing into things that, you know, if you're doing like a, um, what in film, when they, the panels in film, what's it called? Screenplay, like a screenplay. You have shot by shot by shot by shot, slightly more stilted. And I got that impression from some of it.
0: I think I know what you mean. There's, I was going to mention something about panels that might contribute to that, but you can feel you can feel a structure and sometimes yeah, it doesn't always flow from, from one to the other.
3: So I do have an example. I don't know if that's great for podcasts.
0: <laughs> <You can laughs> All right, so when we put the, this on uh, like
1: page well,
3: um, when the, we put this on audio. Nine. And it's my own personal views, and maybe not the views of the My Amada podcast but um, there's there's a, there's a panel where it's the shot, beautiful shot of him climbing a staircase. Next, you see his face. Then you see his dad coming down the stairs. And so there's no there's been no, okay, you can see that he's seen something in the distance, but I think in paper, I don't know, maybe it comes down to that. That's not how I would have drawn it. I don't know if that's really, that's not nothing to go on.
1: Because
3: <laughs> uh, I ain't this guy, but that, I don't know, I did find that a couple of times. Uh, it came. I don't know. It's that, that very subtle difference between screen. What's it called? Not screenplay. The screenshot. No, I can't. Remember. Uh, what they use
2: in film. I think this is kind of like you said, time too. Because obviously, one of the things that separates, uh, you know, visual narrative like printed comic to you know movie, the biggest thing is time. You know, uh, in the movie, you don't control time. You're, you know, a spectator. And you know the 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 artist allows you to sort of you know see things as he sees them in in that time space. While with with manga, you have way more control over time and how quickly you read something and how quickly you can skim through something than a piece of art. And I think especially at the beginning, that's probably his way to slow you down. Like since the beginning of the book, there are these extremely calm scenes and it's almost as if he's inviting you to just stay on the page and kind of feel that, you know, how much time would actually take to walk through the bitch and you know, even the staircase, it looks like a very long staircase. So I think that sensation of like jarring transition might literally be him saying like, stop and before for a bit more than usually you would. So I guess I'm just supposing that.
1: No, that's <laughs> funny you should say that because when I was when I started reading it, I was kind of trying to read it quite quickly, and then I did sort of completely slow down because so I was like, "Wait, I feel like I feel like I didn't fully take that in." Because now we're in the next bit, and it didn't feel right. So I was like, went back, and I was like, "Let me take this previous page in a bit more, and then move on." And it, I really did slow down reading it because
2: of that. So. It's incredible that we all sensed it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. That. I was going to mention something about pacing a bit later, but I did get the the way the panels, like you say, Vic could sort of used to slow things down. Because even like I feel with manga anyway, you have the different way of telling a story where you have that sense of place. So it really has that that grounding in a sense of place. And it, there's time taken, or you know, page time taken to stop and look at different things. So whether it's reactions, whether it's like the environment. And I noticed that the sort of paneling was done where something would happen, and it'd be like a reaction, or like look at this part of the the scenery before we move on to the 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 effect of that. So I did find that as well. Where earlier I was kind of not skimming, I was going to say skimming, definitely not skimming. I was I was reading, it, but I was I think kind of like you, Tazzy. I was I think in my specific case, I was doing a thing where I read a little bit and then get distracted by something else. And then I was getting the, oh, no, actually, I think I'm going to have to like, actually block out some time. I can't just read a little bit here because of the way the, especially the early part of the story flowed and and the pacing is quite slow in that sense.
1: It's so funny that you're like, who's going to talk about this earlier? Okay, we've just finished the podcast. In, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've, we've, done all, we've done all Nigel's topics. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so I've got nothing nothing to talk about.
1: <laughs> I want to go back to um, the the realistic the, the question that snide at all
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> because uh that was literally one of the first things i noticed i think sort of on the the first page that is actually page uh four and f- pages four and five it was um the main character yuzuki right uh yosuka yuzuka so like yuzuka in that page like i immediately it was like huh this was not the style i was expecting and the dog's face the dog's face like cemented the like (laughs) the realistic sort of more approach to it because there's just so much like detail in the fur and it's not this sort of like cartoony dog face it's yeah much more uh, of a realistic and quite expressive i could just like i could like, the dog was there with me. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh like I literally could I could feel, like, this dog's presence and, yeah. and, like...
2: I think that level of, like, realism in his art, it's almost, like, necessary for the sort of stuff that he usually does. Because when, when he wants to surprise you with fantasy, that fantasy and that element of that usual fantastical element of his stories just needs to stand out. So whenever there is something that is like uh, otherworldly or or, or fantastical in any way, uh, that will have a big contrast on your regular looking guy. You know, Yusuke and uh, Nami, I think, is the other protagonist. Yeah.
3: It's a really good point.
0: Yeah, I I get that. Because even I think the first work of Satoshi Kodai consumed was Perfect Blue.
3: Mm, Yeah.
0: And that has such a realistic look. And then (laughs) all the stuff that happens and that's like, whoa, just... It throws you off in a good way in like the best way i I love being thrown off by that by that film um speaking of visuals one of the other things i wanted to just mention i hadn't quite figured this out but the the cover what did you make of the the cover design because it's quite I'm gonna, I'm gonna zoom this zoom this in again it's great for audio podcasts uh, listening later but uh you've got yeah you've got, <laughs> um, just got the for audio the main...
1: listeners nigel is showing us the cover which you can you can find on google or in the most inefficient way possible engine. But.
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so the cover is it, got you got the main character sort of like open shirt and then initially when i first picked up what i thought was the world mm. or some representation of the world i now know i'm guessing this is the orb but it's kind of broken but the place that it's broken is around his chest which is i don't know just quite meaningful it just feels quite profound i don't know if any that stood out to anyone else you know
1: what i haven't like gone back and looked at the cover since reading it and now i'm like it all makes so much sense i feel (laughs) like i've unlocked some secret um easter egg no pun intended but um, (laughs) yeah Yeah. yeah, like wow look at there's so much in that cover now that now that you've mentioned it
2: yeah there's tons of symbology in this cover for the story from from his heart. So, like, breaking right there on the egg and the fact that he he's underwater. Mm. You know, the, like, if you read the book, you understand what that underwater scene means for him. And, you know, the legacy of his family. So, this is actually why I picked up the book, you know, for once. I just saw the cover and then I saw <laughs> the name. I was like, oh my god, that's a gorgeous cover. And then I saw Satoshi gone, I was like oh boy you know sold yeah sold absolutely (laughs) and you know it this cover really really spoke to me i think it's my avatar on uh, discord as well Uh, yeah 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 yeah. and uh, this was actually made by him both back and front in color just for this specific sort of like the printed edition of all the 11 chapters as this this was serialized in in young magazine i think
0: yeah it's definitely a cover it's one of those covers you could just like I feel like much of it's what you can just kind of look at, and you just there's like deeper meanings uh, within it, and you'll just like uh, pick it up on on second, on third viewing. So if you're listening to an audio, go go Google and look at that cover. So you, I think Vic, you actually touched on this. You you use this as like an introduction to uh, people who aren't necessarily into manga. And I was also wanted to get Lara's opinion because I, you may remember, you may not, but a while ago you did you had like a Zoom. Uh, like a Zoom thing, Zoom party at some point. And you did this game where you asked everyone to put different anime in categories of whether they would, like if it's great, but you wouldn't share it with other people, or it's great and you would share it with other people. Um, And that's actually stuck with me because it made me think of, oh yeah, this anime that I would like, I wouldn't necessarily share, or at least as a first watch, I wouldn't necessarily Mm -hmm. share it with other people. And I was thinking about this with this book, is maybe the like the visuals, the the nature of the story, or the way the story is told? Like, do you think this is something that you could recommend to someone who isn't into manga and that they can connect with that? Lara, where would you rank this basically in that? In where that would I list? rank this? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I think I don't. I, I hate being me.
0: No, <laughs> I, go ahead.
3: You're asking me a question, but I I think I was hoping that this story would be deeper. For me i think the story was missing something i don't know what it is and i'm like i think when i read the blurb and i don't know i was i was hoping for elements of environmental kind of protection and history of japan and i was hoping for a bit of depth and i didn't get it Mm. And I don't know whether it was just because I was reading on a train, maybe I wasn't in the mood to be receptive.
0: No, to this no. Stuff. I feel that I've, I've, um, I have I've, was thinking about that as well. Again, another of my so, talking points that we're going <laughs> to...
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry to jump to that point, Nigel. i like, I no, jumping to your point. It's but fine. You, your question of would I recommend it to someone, I'm not sure. I don't know who I would oh, okay. recommend this to. But as an entry level for people who have not met, read manga before, I recognise that I think a lot of people would Appreciate it, and mm. and would get like I always think of. I have a class, very classic story of a guy who I was in a library club with, and he had the preconceived idea that manga was young girls and children.
2: Yeah, and that exactly. Was it, right?
3: yeah. So, so I think this is a great introduction to. It's it's none of those things. It's everything enough. You know, it's everything you can think of. You know, manga isn't a genre. What's the expression like? Manga. Uh,
0: it's a medium.
3: It's a medium, it's not a genre. So the idea, I think, that this kind of book, this kind of story would, and the nice thing about it, it's a one-shot. So I think there are positives to introducing a book like this to say, like, actually, you can have really fantastical stories set in very real worlds. Art is beautiful, very easy to read. It's like a commend it. Mm, I okay. I would. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. Um, I, like I'm glad I read it, but I think I was hoping. You
0: think it was missing something?
3: meeting mm. Yeah. I don't know what as well. Like I'd be interested to know your thoughts. I think I know what. I
2: but I'm gonna.
1: Okay. We'll
3: <laughs> okay. skip it
2: to story. We'll skip that one to story probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll save my my thoughts on that. That's something missing because I I I can agree, but I'm just gonna give uh. my answer to that question is I would recommend this to someone that hasn't read manga before because. Even though it's a lot missing for me, I feel like there's just enough for people to like get to grasp with because I feel like I feel like especially with um Satoshi Khan's other work, this is so very <laughs> tame. <laughs> this is extremely tame. Maybe and you're like expecting something else. and like even like mermaids are not too far out there for like anyone to grasp they're like yeah they're like we we know we know like people can understand mermaids and it's not even put like the mermaids aren't even presented in a way that like is like so out there which i find a lot of the time um like with manga and anime even if it introduces like a common fantasy thing it's not in the way that people would expect. So they just get confused <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand. But this, I feel like, I get it, give it and they can read it and they can understand and not be like, wait, why? Like, why? I don't know. I don't get it. And you're trying to explain to them, just, you don't need to get it.
2: Yeah, you yeah, just accept it. Just accept it. <laughs> it, <just laughs> <accepts laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but this, they, I, I feel like there's none of those questions. And I feel like it's grounded in reality enough to to be comprehensive and understandable with that kind of twist, without it being too, too, uh, too out there for for your average Western reader.
0: I would say the the very reasons that Lara put forward are the reasons I would recommend yeah. this, <laughs> basically, even though I, I agree and, and we'll get into yeah. that. But yeah, I feel like that, those are the reasons, because it's just, you can just take it. There's no, I feel like there's no extra questions. There's no yeah. confusion. Like someone could just say, oh, okay. My, like my, and Vic, you can maybe if, if, you know, you've had feedback from people you've recommended this to, other than us, because uh, we're here. But if uh, if it, I feel <laughs> it's something, my actual you friends, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's something you can give, and and if someone had this perception of manga, they would go, "Oh, this seems normal. <laughs> I can maybe. Is there more? Basically, that's that yeah, would be my um, impression."
2: Uh, very quick on this point because i know how quickly you can talk about one topic for the whole thing. <laughs> yes. but um I-, I think that's actually one way to trick people into reading mangas and i say trick <laughs> in the full sense of the word you know <laughs> i um sometimes you know i have to trick people into reading superman and there will be a character that does exactly what he does but in a book that is not called superman and then suddenly they love superman uh, Superior by Mark Miller, or uh, you know from my Academia, uh, I'm forgetting the name, but him, you know. Yeah. And and with this book, I'm tricking people into getting into mangas. I'm gonna recommend JoJo to someone who's <laughs> starting into mangas, but I will I will recommend someone to JoJo after you know I springboarded him. I put him like that. That's already black and white. Now you can do the black and white. You know now you understand the half tones Now you understand that this is, as you said, like a medium or a genre. And and you know you ease them in you know I think it's such an essential piece of that puzzle to get someone uh, in a new medium. It's a very important again piece uh, you know and this and other other mangas in general. Because like Akira for example might be one, but it's quite long. It's six books. This is such an easy book to you know trick people into. Yeah. No, I get that completely. You credit
3: like off the top of my head right now, if you were to ask me for another. One shot manga to recommend to someone else that's never read it. I can't think of any. And maybe I need to think about it a little bit more and I come back to you another time. But I can't think of one shot. Like, I'm desperately kind of trying to wrap my brain, but everything is serial.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, I was going to say one shot manga, almost like an oxymoron. It's like. Quite, <laughs> quite rare. Yeah.
3: They're out there. Maybe people on the chat will be shouting at their computer screens or their <laughs> podcasts right now. But I, I think that's
1: a challenge. I can think of. Would it really count as? I can think
2: oh, of one. All you need is kill.
1: Yeah, that's literally <laughs> go, yeah, literally yeah,
2: Just, yeah, just I was like, my... wait, what's the name <laughs> of it? I was like, yeah, I, I think all, all the ones that I've recommended for this stream were what single volume mangas.
0: Yeah, so we
2: can put a list out
0: in show notes somewhere. I'll do that. Uh, I'll do that later. I don't have it right now, but we can yeah we can do that for people to check out
1: the official My Mad One short manga list. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> recommendation
1: list.
3: I think that's
0: a good that's actually a good list to put together.
1: The other thing is like,
3: so I wouldn't think two or five or six is that long. So this is the other thing. Like I think my perception of serialization is war. Well, if something is six yeah. volumes long, cool. That's that's a one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Especially scary. manga,
2: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Six
3: volumes. Oh, I've bought great.
2: mangas that I'm not sure I was going to like just because there were four or five or six volumes mangas. Like it's complete. I'll grab it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we'll work on getting that list together so we can That'll go into the list. we can go into that the the narrative and and the world that we are grounded in throughout the story. And because uh, you've got this story, which is essentially like a, an an allegory for environmental conservation and that conflict between sort of commercial interests, um, but also some element of family traditions and upholding them or not as the case may be here. So I was interested in where the story starts because the story kind of like I, I read in the premise where you've got this tradition of mermaids giving this egg to be protected and in returned and in exchange we will bless you with uh, lots of fish and uh, calm seas. But the story starts in a place of disbelief. So essentially the the father has already Kind of abandoned the practice and he's ready to turn this into a, a tourist trap and yotsuke the main protagonist he's kind of it feels like he's he's sort of caught in the middle between his his father who is like yep let's let's get this tourist in uh let's work with these commercial people and his grandfather who fully believes in in the story in in this like in terms of where the story starts did you i I don't know what the expectation was but what did you feel of like the situation we find ourselves in at the beginning of the story
3: yeah i I like the idea that you had a contrasting figurehead so the dad doesn't believe and i Mm. I liked it i think i think having this because he plays he's the audience right so like he's kind of like who do i believe like because i get my remembering correctly that the dad n- has never seen the transition so the dad just thinks it's a myth that the grandfather has passed down
0: yeah so the grandfather is the, the only one who myth. was who was there yeah so to speak
3: so i think that adds a kind of like maybe it could maybe it's the audience he's, he's playing the audience so like maybe maybe this is all a myth maybe it does it's not real maybe it's a rock kind of thing And i think that's i think it's nice i think it, yeah i what is what do you what do you think
2: yeah, 100% is a is pretty much starting where we start. He's enjoying the view. He loves the the town. He clearly does, even though he won't admit it at the beginning. But he um you know, he's pretty much in the same place. He looks at his egg and he does and he does the the thing, you know, he does the tradition, but he doesn't know if that's the real egg. He doesn't really almost have an opinion on it. So, it's quite a blank slate for us and the protagonist. I think it's a great point to start.
1: I think it's um for me, like I went on quite a journey because, like, didn't like <laughs> I didn't know whether like things were going to be real or like made up in someone's head. <laughs> I, I got like at first I'm like, okay, my maze exists. Like in the sort of like beginning, middle, it's like maybe this is just a stone. Like it almost starts to convince you.
0: Yeah, because there are moments where it's like, is that something? Nah, it's not. And then it, it's sort of that misdirection. Um, yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe this is something that isn't quite real.
1: And then it's like, I'm not quite sure when, I, at what point I started to believe it was a real egg again. But yeah, it's kind of like, it was quite interesting the way that they used the, the way that he used the characters to kind of like misguide your perception of what's real and what's not, which if you've seen like the animated works
0: the rest of his works
1: this is a theme and you can start you sort of like start to see that developing and like knowing what that develops in like how he uses that to tell stories in the future in his future works it's like quite interesting because this is kind of like the this is the baby right yeah this is him just finding his voice and
0: yeah, I I did like that, where you can... And I guess we've got the perspective of having seen some of his, his animated works and where he's fully in his stride, going back and seeing, okay, this is where it started it's almost like i don't know why this analogy this is a r- such a random analogy but maybe i just want to talk about ryan reynolds but uh <laughs> when, when we um <laughs> but when we talked about a uh, free guy i think i brought up i used to watch a show called two guys ago in a pizza place which like ryan reynolds like, you to watch very this. young very good show and i and i remember well looking- the
3: memory yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about that programme in years. Because
0: I, I watched that and I enjoyed it. And it's like, I could you go back and you look at some of the scenes and you can see like the comedy of Ryan Reynolds kind of coming through. Very weird analogy. But looking back at this work, it's like you can see where the threads are, the seeds are being planted and you can see how it links to his later work. So I, I quite enjoyed that in a meta way, enjoyed reading the story for that reason as well. All right, that's my Ryan Reynolds quota hit for <laughs> uh, the podcast, But uh, um, so, and then the other thing I did like is the the family aspect. So it's all linked because it's about the environment. It's about the way the different generations of this family react and respond to this this legend if that's that's the word, this pact between the the Mer people uh, and the town, and how it also represented. That tradition side, because you have the grandfather who's steeped in the tradition, and as you get further and further away in the generation you kind of you lose that. And I feel that's also a a very relatable relatable thing where yeah, the younger generation is like, yeah forget that, that's not relevant. It was not even real. It's just like grandpa telling stories again. So I did appreciate that. But I didn't appreciate. Yeah. I just enjoyed like that. Enjoyed that the journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, because it's interesting. Because as well, it's like. <laughs> It, it does make it easy for you to believe that it's not real because the grandfather's, like, old. And, like, maybe yeah. he's just not remembering things, right? Maybe he's, like, got these false memories from childhood because that's what the human brain does, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> And you can almost believe that he believes that he's seen something. But I got maybe very, he's mistaken.
3: It was reminiscent for me about going... Uh, this is, again, Nigel, a bit of a tangent, but but it was reminiscent of going to church with my nan. So I I think the misdirection for me was like that. It was like kind of my my nan believes in this. And so I'm going through with it. But what do I think?
2: Right. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah.
3: And obviously, you know, religion is slightly different to an egg. But it was all of this sort of thing. What does my, I don't know, I, the impression I was getting was my, my grandpa believes this, but is it more like a myth that he believes? and you know, Is it real or is it
0: not? Yeah, and you're just like along for the ride almost. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're just doing what you're told. And you you sort of feel the like, the being torn between his dad, who is obviously like authority figure to him and someone he looks up to. And then his granddad, which is like, the next one up from that, and you're like, Wait, in this situation, who do I believe? That <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of like, Well, granddad kind of unranked over outranked <laughs> dad, but, you're but like,
2: it, it, you're exactly right. They they're basically avatars for the, the direction that the protagonist will eventually go. The father is progress, and the granddad is tradition. Like the granddad is the older guy that believes in the legend and believes in the tradition and loves his hometown. And these are themes that are all throughout the book. Like that love for, you know, your roots. And uh, and then your your dad that is like this like firm man that, you know, everybody respects him and he believes in progress and and you're young, so you think you need to follow in that, you know, footstep. Progress is good. And and so that they they are there to represent those more this like monolith of decisions. Or like ultimately, where the protagonist falls,
0: and then yeah, so the, the dad is like progress, and then the the conglomerate is like super progress, is like <laughs> it's yeah, extreme. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get consideration. the yeah, yeah. We just like at any means necessary. So we kind of we see we're introduced to the family first, and that's where feel so that, that that's where the the story starts off slow, uh, and the, the pace is quite slow. And then as we see more of the Ozaki Corporation. Uh, and it's just their plans and everything. And then I feel it starts to speed up. And obviously then you you get the conflict and then uh, sort of the showdown and everything. So I've noticed that like the story starts off slow. And as we get to see more of the plans from the, the corporate, then things start to speed up as the stakes are, are raised. So, I mean, in terms of like the the characters, did did do people feel, I almost felt like the, because it's like an allegorical story. And as Lara mentioned earlier, it doesn't go too deep into certain things and it doesn't go quite deep into like the characters. They kind of, they serve as actually like, like Vic said, they serve as avatars without necessarily getting to know them too much. Like we know Yotsuke he's he, cause he, I think he's going off to college or university or the equivalent. And is that kind of a bit of depth to his character. We see his friend uh, Nami come back and she serves in some of the misdirection because I think she's introduced as, at the moment where Yosuke thinks like, "Is that a mermaid?" but it's just Nami playing a trick, and she's swimming uh, towards their boat. So we get some depth, and then there's some kind of background to their relationship as well. But I feel like we don't get to know the characters so well. But did anyone have a a character that they resonated with, or they or they felt a connection with in particular?
2: I mean i i personally um, I personally did, and and actually both main characters, both Nami and Yosuke. Mm. You know, I was someone that migrated from a very small town, uh, not next to the sea, but an hour from the seaside. And NAMI represents, you know, someone that left the big city. And sometimes the snobbery that some people can have towards people that left their hometown, and they see it as arrogant, you know. But for me, just like yosuke I always sort of had a love for the things that were proper from, you know, my hometown. And, and so that... You know, I think the book is a lot more personal than it intended to be, or or that it's kind of a Latin show. I mean, for me, it wasn't really about the environment, although you know the the environment is is the bat like it's the dressing of the whole story, and it ties in with the character motivations. So you know that ultimate you know uh, you know struggle between you know progress and tradition and city life. It's more of a journey that you take. The I don't think the book gives you any specific answer for it. It just gives you characters and it gives you their story. And then you you see their story, you go through it, and kinda you make your own decisions of where they stand, you know. I didn't think that Yosuke was right and, you know, uh necessarily and in, in some of the things that he did and neither did Nami, but I think that both characters had something that I absolutely love and resonated with me, uh, about sort of their view of like experiencing life through your roots tradition progress i kind of wanted to put a bit more importance on the character because i feel like the book masks itself a little bit too much with the whole siren and with the whole uh environment i feel like this is a really really personal character work on you know getting in touch with yourself and with your past and with your transition and moving on and the book doesn't necessarily uh give you any any specific direction in which one you'd think the corporation is clearly the bad guys and they at least in my opinion they clearly represent excessiveness you know and gentrification but even you know without any spoilers even at the end of the book the two words almost join in a way they find moderation um mm-hmm. and they find compromise which i think is the same thing between yosuke and nami even though they saw things differently they do find a compromise looking at each other, understanding each other's feelings. Mm. So yeah, I really, really do like Nami. I felt like her many times in when I went back to Italy and people sort of thought that I would become like a city snob just because uh, I live in a big city now. And with Josuke, I saw myself a lot in Josuke and like the past and, you know, uh, you know kind of like uh, trying to like leave your future without shunning your past. I think it's it's great messages right there
0: Haven't thought of that perspective anyone else
1: Oh, uh, now I, like i've not already thought of the characters now i'm like oh thinking <laughs> of um the themes because for me it was a lot about um community and like what's right for everyone in that community and how how is the community served because ultimately like like the the dad he's like Right, and then we find out like his motivations at the end, like towards the end as well. But he's really trying to drive that progression. He's like, it's for the town. Like, we need to have why? Like, why don't we deserve what the big city have? Why don't we have yeah. a hospital? Why don't we have all these um like conveniences that big city does? And like in his head, he's like, this is what's best for the town. But at the same time, um you've got the like the fishermen that are like, we need to be able to fish. And that's what's brought this town so much prosperity to this point. So like you can't just leave all that behind. You can't just destroy what's built this community and this this town up already. Like what we gonna do. But everyone everyone's kinda like everyone's motivation is what they think is best for this this community.
0: Except for the corporate who are just like, We we need to make this money,
2: (laughs) right? What's best for a bank account, baby?
1: (laughs) But even then, I feel like their view is like, yeah, like it's best to have all of it. Like this idea that greed is best, right? Like this is gonna bring this is gonna bring money to the to the town. Like, do you not see how much we're bringing? We're like, we're doing you a favor. We're bringing you so much. Like that's kind of that attitude. It's like they don't see the beauty and what's already there. Like even down to, um, like with the egg, it's like this is a gift from the sea. And then I love the line that Yozuki does at the end. Is like, yes, it is a gift from the sea.
2: Yeah, it is yeah. A gift.
1: <laughs> but like, same same sentence, but two different meanings.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: And I feel like they they still want what's best, but their view of what best what's best is like very. It doesn't look at the whole picture. I feel like everyone's view is like right. very. Everyone's singular. got a piece. Everyone's got a piece, and no one's like really sort of bit get and like to the not until the end when we we reach like compromise and understanding yeah in terms of characters though (laughs) i feel like tetsu uh is quite an important one to talk about the friend friend, yeah yeah they're kind of like
0: always need that character
1: yeah because it's so funny like he's really into the fish and like obviously he's a son of one of the fishermen and I feel like he's one of those characters that actually can, even though he seems like the the joke, he seems to be the only one that's quite understanding of everyone's
0: views. Yeah, he's almost like, because when I was reading, I was thinking he's the enabler, but I, I, that sounds like a bad thing, but he's like the, he, he almost becomes a voice for the characters and he, he can see all the different views. And he's like, yeah, because he's always, I don't think he says no to anything. <laughs> like he's always yes, man. Like, yeah, 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 let's, like, let's go and do this. Yeah. Let's go and yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go and get this boat and then go out. Yeah. yeah. So he's always, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's always like, in like giving that extra voice for people's views. Like,
1: even there's points where it's like to his dad is like, come on, dad, why, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that,
3: was, that was a really interesting dynamic. It's his dad that fights yosuke's dad right and they
1: used to be really good friends apparently and like they used the dad really used friends. to be really good friends yeah
3: i like that i i really got the sense of small town yeah yeah <laughs> like i don't know I, I thought that kind of introducing another family into it quite clever because yeah we have nami but i think that the, the dynamic about the town was kind of nice as well that people are rejecting it people the general townspeople i was yeah i liked that Element of it, it wasn't just focused on the family and their issues. It did bring in other, other elements of the town.
1: Yeah, and that how their decisions about literally anything were affecting the whole, whole town. Like even what they do with the egg, even though that was like a family tradition, it's actually the whole town that's affected by how they view whether this is real or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I liked um, Yosuke's grandfather just because, because he was like he was in hospital and he was like. I'm not having this. Like, let's go. <laughs> <let's now>. get, <laughs> we're, we're getting out. Like, you need to stop this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just uh, appreciate that that spirit. It's just like, no, you, you are, you are all stupid. you are, <laughs> Let me tell you what what's happening. But it's, it's that thing, like where, like I said, the generational conflict where or tradition that sort of gets watered down, and you have that the the figure in in the family who is who has all the knowledge. And then, as you get further and further away from that, you you lose that, and it's kind of a sad thing. But then it's that balance between, I guess, like the story is sort of progress because in some ways you need to move on, but in some ways the grandfather is hundred percent right, and you should have listened to him <laughs> all along. So it's that that kind of situation. Um, and then, I mean, with the the themes and messages, I and this you know the, the messages of this are, are quite. Up front, front and center. And I think some of them go towards what uh, Lara was saying at, at the beginning about the, the depth or the lack lack thereof. So we have this idea of environmentalism versus development. So we have a, a pact that was put in place between the mer people and the village. Everything's in harmony, everything's good. Mer, mer people are getting what they want eggs taken care of, then returned, the village, uh, particularly like the fishermen and, and everything. And I think it's mentioned in the book that like everything we have is because of this pact like it's all because of what we've got and that's being you know upset because of this this greed this longing for commercial uh commercial gain so what i felt and uh you all can let me know what you think uh has everyone seen princess Mon- mononoke hey miyazaki so we did an episode of that and when we do our like our audio deep dives uh, i'll do a storytelling tip so i like to Pull something out from the from a story that could uh, help people that are making their own stories. Definitely helps me because it gives me things to think about. And uh, my tip for that episode was around this concept called uh, four corner opposition, where you have the you have the protagonist and the antagonist. So those are two of the corners, uh, and obviously they're in direct conflict. But then, what Princess Mononoke does so well, and what I feel this story doesn't have is the other two corners. So in terms of Princess Mononoke, you have like Prince uh, Ashitaka and um, Lady Eboshi, but then you also have Princess Mononoke and then you've got another character who is kind of like the mercenary character. So you've got a character who is all about harmony and everyone kind of working together. You have Princess Mononoke who's raised by uh, the wolf in uh, the forest and is all about Sort of conservation and, and keeping the the wildlife you then have lady Iboshi, who is the commercial game perspective who is like we need to cut down some of the forest to build this town and then you've got uh, a mercenary that helps her so but what's interesting about the story is there's no because I think what happens in Tropic of the sea is that it becomes very direct like good versus bad conflict whereas in Princess Mononoke you get a character like lady aboshi who is Yes, she's doing things that go against the forest for commercial gain, but she's using that to build a whole town. so you have this like iron town and she's supporting women in particular where they wouldn't get the opportunity and then you get the the mercenary character who you can kind of understand his perspective a bit, and I feel that adds another layer of depth to that story that this story doesn't have, so we get the environmentalism message, but we don't necessarily get the other other perspectives when it comes down to the egg on one side is is the good is uh, and then the other side is the the bad commercial interest so uh, that's what i think is is missing from the story or just yeah is, is not necessarily not here
1: strong enough yeah because i think yeah. we don't really we don't really understand any kind of like pros to the commercialism until the hospital was mentioned
3: i, I really thought in so what i thought was interesting as well is that this was originally published in japanese in the 90s
1: Mm.
3: so it's kind of and because it was only published in in english much later on 2000 whatever i think after he died this is kind of a universal message right so the fact that it was in the 90s and it would still feel like i thought it was still kind of current day like i didn't realize it was in the 90s particularly but i only i only bring this up because i think it's that commercialization can be quite insipid. Like, it doesn't have to be a big commercial group coming in and they're going to flatten the land and then just build on it, which I think may have happened in Japan in the 90s or in, in sort of the 80s anyway. It did happen. But I think it could have been much more kind of like, you know, I don't, these things happen. And yes, they needed a hospital and that's brought up. Of but I would have thought like it could have been a bit more kind of creepy and insipid in the fact that. They're campaigning to the townspeople and it it slowly creeps up, creeps up, creeps up. And I think that would have been more realistic than like a little bit of a pantomime villain coming in and saying, we're going to build a hotel. I don't know. And I think in this sort of hyper-realistic setting, I would have liked a little bit of a depth of like, maybe some people do want it. Maybe some people can see the benefit and like a little bit. And I think you... The lady Eboshi is a really good example where, yes, she's the villain, but actually, she's doing it genuinely to like help. She's people. not just bad
0: for bad sake. there, there is a yeah. a reason. That's an argument. But, yeah.
3: But, uh, yeah. Maybe I was looking for a little bit more depth in these reasons, and but I also and maybe is there that depth? Like I'm um, I'm hearing that maybe you guys are missing something as well. So maybe I wasn't completely missing. I think
1: for me, like, I understand where you get from, but I coming from with that point, I think that was, like, personally for me, I feel like that was fine. I feel like you don't really need to go too much into, like, how bad greedy commercialism is. Because <laughs> we, we, like, like you said, it's timeless. We understand that, whether it's today or back in the 90s. But what, I think what was missing for me was, like, not more consequence for breaking the the mermaids oh what, yeah the, the pact like yeah, I yeah. feel like there's not much consequence to it like I was expecting like really the, especially from the blurb like really mysterious happenings because of this because of them defying that but actually apart from like towards the end the fish go missing <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and it was just like huh there's no reef (laughs) and then like obviously the big tsunami at the end but other than that there wasn't really much consequence to this pact being broken and I was just expecting so much more like mysterious happenings
2: can I can I jump in
1: yeah yeah go go ahead I feel like
2: there's so much to get into it with all your points that I think like all of it it's like very understandable and like super valid like there is definitely you know i would love this to be like three four or five volumes but unfortunately that's all we got and a lot of the themes that you know they explore they really feel more like you know uh just basically the setting that's when you said about the tsunami is that aside from the tsunami i wouldn't brush that off just so (laughs) eloquently (laughs) like um because obviously the tsunami at the end pretty much levels the majority of progress that was done in the city by the corporation and that is yeah yeah i think it's more
1: the timing because it's like okay this happens and then we kind of like we're already at the conclusion yeah yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like obviously it is a big thing but it was like the timing of it and it was like no because by that point we're already we're already on our way to giving it back we're
2: <laughs> and that's exactly why i think the story is really kind of it's really more about the characters and that's mm. the internal struggle because once that gets resolved the story doesn't have any interest in doing that point any service it's just like that yosuke took that decision. Like Yosuke now understands that is him growing up. Sort of that is him, you know, understanding what the internal struggle was about. And so once he understands and like he kind of makes peace with like his past and himself, that's yeah. the real ending of the story. And so obviously it's just 11, 11 chapters, 11 installation done, by the way, four months like this guy was like eating, sleeping and drinking in his room uh with like Gosh. two assistants. And so he wants to put an internal struggle, the memory of his mom, the fantasy element with the with the um with the with the siren, the with the mermaid, and the uh and obviously also some of the characters like Nami, which I think they're really, really important to kind of understand where Yosuke is at. And so it looks very simple and linear, but it's actually pretty packed with things in such a small book. At least in my opinion, mm. uh, yeah. So, you know, and and as I think you said this point earlier, I think for a Satoshi Kon is surprisingly linear, and it's a it's a place where uh, magic just inequivocally exists. You know, there is there is not a second guessing. There is no it just. It you can read this in sleep. And sleep yeah, night, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's
3: uh it's very grounded yeah.
2: it's so very grounded, grounded
3: reality which is maybe where i was expecting some fantastical and yeah. then it didn't quite happen but maybe it is because i already have that high bar yeah
1: um, yeah
2: yeah this is I him taking the first steps in storytelling he's like can i make a manga he wanted to just do manga or He never wanted to label himself, but like, that's kind of, you know, where he wanted to go. And then he realized how much work there was into it. And, you know, um, and I think that level of like, oh, you know, maybe this was a, a touching stone of understanding how cooler subtle fantasy or ambiguous fantasy it is. Like, what if this exists or what if it doesn't? You know, maybe revealing the mermaid was too much for him in the book. Maybe it was like, maybe I should have left it to the reader, uh, you know, and that's how we got, you know, Paprika and uh, <laughs> and even Perfect Blue, you know. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, to your points, I don't necessarily disagree, but I also think that more wouldn't have given me that character moment, those character moments that were so important to me. It was literally about him and, and, and that decision, and um, you know, everything else was kind of like the the dressing, you know, uh, while Princess Mononoke is almost built on nature versus, you know, um, sort of evil intent, you know. Mm.
1: I think as well, you touched on another theme uh, that I almost got, but it's actually like also about his grieving process about his mother. Like, oh yeah. In fact, both to both the, the 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 father and and um, Izuki come into terms with that loss. Uh, even though it was like a while ago. But, you know, loss can take a long time to really accept. And there was a real theme of that throughout the whole of this book. Um, you know, when we first introduced to Nami in the boat, um, Yosuke talks about him not being able to go swimming, even though they live in a, in a seaside town and Mermaids are the reason for the town, and they even have like a massive swimming co- uh, competition um each year. And so, like, and you know, you know, it's a big deal that he doesn't go swimming. They make it very, very uh, clear that it's a big deal that if you don't swim in this town, because just, just everyone does. And like, it's constant. You're constantly fed, and you're slowly drip fed why, and that like, this is all about the loss of his mother and him sort of like no kind of knowing that there is something in there as well in the sea actually talks about being afraid that there's something down there right yeah and i think it's really beautiful uh how it ends and and it ends with like his really realization of what happened back then and and i really like uh, yeah yeah
3: so i was really wondering like if this is a one shot Anger. How the hell is it going to end? And
2: I was really satisfied by it. <laughs> it was a great
3: ending. I was so it was satisfied.
2: Kind of open. Yeah, him plunging him to sea, just kind of like that. This is it. Like that's his acceptance and his grieving process. It's incredible how, for something that we kind of all agree, it's pretty linear and almost unapologetically straightforward. It actually packs so much, and yeah. so much of it. It's just in the art there's like massive panels that are just speaking to you instead of like telling you it's the thing that manga does the best you know at just letting the art speak you don't yeah. need to tell me or preach me you just need to show me You know. i, I don't know if uh Niger, you've
1: got a section on the panels not specific oh but i do
0: have a final thought so if anything else that we might have left out if you want to bring up
1: cool yeah i was just gonna point out like a, a sort of like on, on Vic's point like we are and it telling you so much so for audio listeners i'm gonna show pages 202 and 203 which is a double page spread oh yeah so anyone watching now you can see so it depicts yuzuki falling into the ocean he's sort of just in the void of the ocean with loads of fish swimming around him and a mermaid uh, in the di- the distance and this I feel like is a perfect example of that like storytelling in that moment I don't know how long uh, all of you spent on that page but I feel like to really feel feel it and really take it in you have to like spend some time looking at the page And then you start to hear like the sound of like water you know that that like how water sounds when you're when you've just plunged into the ocean I don't know how to describe it and that like movement and energy from the fish and then just this this figure swimming swimming towards it like you really feel it if you and if you spend enough time on that page it says so much bigger
2: Yeah. yeah And that, that specific, uh, you know, widescreen, amazing moment is almost analog to the real beginning. So like page six and seven, that's like when the, you know, oceans kind of like spreads out on the double page. And it's like mm. the beginning of the story as it's kind of contemplating on the shore. And he can't go in. Like he's just looking at it and reflecting on, you know, uh, his life and misery. And then right at the end, is right plunged in the darkness. It's just perfect
0: yeah just getting that that sense like you say that depth that is there in the the visuals and the visuals aim to tell a story uh i'm working on a story now i feel i've put too many words in this story i need to go back and you need uh, more (laughs) blank and more sound effects yeah more sound yeah yeah the sound effects in this as well
1: and the like i really hear like everything i am like kind of i think it's a bit like um was it you vic that said earlier about it being kind of like a movie like you can tell Mm. yeah that you're coming into that and I yeah I felt it like I could literally I was watching this I wasn't reading it
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I will say though this um, this guy sure wakes up in a lot of random places for uh, for <laughs> a guy who at least in the story does not drink Um he sure wakes up yeah. in a lot of uh, he's just like well where am I now it's um, a bit like Link yeah 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 it's yeah. 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 like oh well I wake up this is not where I went to sleep but <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned before we wrap the discussion is the the afterword in this book, because there is a little section written by Satoshi Kon about the, the process of making this story his, his first uh, full-length manga. And I wanted to throw this out in particular to Lara and Vic, um, because as I mentioned earlier on, you both make comics and specifically you both draw and write. Um, so I have the the luxury of um, only having the ability to write and and can pass on my writing to someone uh, someone who can actually draw but for people who do both reading that afterward and he talks about the really like the struggle of of putting it together the sort of the late nights and everything that goes with like sort of mentally sort of making a comic like what did you feel about the Uh, those words from Satoshi Kon about the process of making this particular book.
2: You know, for me, that would be a dream being able to lock myself in the studio and just work on something for four months and then come up with a masterpiece for the ages. Mm. And, and obviously whoever has that possibility it's it's an advantage i feel like obviously you know the way of the mangaka is quite extreme but what they produce you can you can see how worth all that is and it requires an extreme amount of energy and when he talks about it he talks about it in a very sort of almost reminiscing how naive he was into thinking of doing that it was a was a positive thing he thought that that was the life of a mangaka, and that's what the thing that he was supposed to do. But obviously, it's not healthy to lock yourself in a place for four months without seeing the light of day. Because when he finishes, when he finishes the manga, he realizes that it's almost as if like life passed in front of him, mm. and um, and the um, it's almost like he wasn't there for it, and the work just happened to be, you know. And and sometimes when I when I went deep in a project that is already written. And maybe I've already penciled and, you know, I'm making something or I'm deep in and then I look at the time and it's extremely, it's like three o'clock in the morning. It's like, how, how did I do this? You know, I think there is something hypnotic about, you know, having that go. So actually, I kind of see myself a little bit in him and I think I would totally fall in that trap of working, you know, for something for that long. And he, he had people like editors and also schedule to respect the seven day schedule for the magazine to come out so that's all the that's all what you need to give yourself that kick and uh, and work on that but i wish it wasn't that way but i actually feel like that's a pretty good but risky way to work yeah but it does give you results it's just not viable but it's unfortunately, not sustainable <laughs> it's not sustainable yeah. Yeah, and I'm working on finding a better work ethic and a better... Uh, but, you know, when you see someone like Satoshi gone not having a bad work ethic, <laughs> you just kind of buckle up. But, um, but Laura, I'm really interested to see what you think of it, because I didn't have the chance of reading any of the comics, but I absolutely will as soon as you throw them to me. Uh, but what is it like for you?
3: Um, No, I definitely... I think you used the word... No, what did you you said? something nice and what i would have observed as obsessive so you, <laughs> sure. you said like you come you get into a trance or sure. you know yeah you yeah. get into the mood but especially that time pass so you know you can think i'm just going to do an hour and that hour goes like this and you've done nothing or con- conceptually you've done nothing but i would also offset that in that it things are never really done and I was having a conversation at the WIP Comics group um, on last Saturday about how you have 80% is drawing and writing. And then you have the other 80% of editing, spell checking, which are tiny things, and then placement, formatting, you know, all the other bits. And we laugh because it's 280%. You know, like it's not just, you can you can think that your comic is done because you've drawn all of it, you've lined all of it, you've written all of it and you know what it's going to look like conceptually, but then you have this other massive overhaul of finishing. And then if you've done a comic, you know that that finishing process is also infinite. So mm. you could always go back and you could be doing it forever. So
2: 100%. I
3: really, <laughs> I think there is a lot of, of like, when I think having a deadline, yes, the mangakas are, are, uh, they're some of the most intense artists. Turnover, you know, the stereotype at least is so intense. But at least they have a deadline. <laughs> a yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadline
0: and deadline and budget. Those are the two things that will <laughs> exactly. we'll put yeah. into things.
2: yeah Oh yeah, you can read. It and afterwards, he was not happy about this when it was done, and he yeah. did even some modifications of this uh when the book came out. Uh, mm. Not even as much as he wanted to do. He's yeah. quite
3: brutal. Like, yeah, I read. 100, yeah. Even at the very beginning, he he talks about like shame, or you know, since I'm already embarrassed, let me reminisce about those times. Yeah,
2: 100, so, percent. yeah,
0: yeah. I do feel that even.
1: Now. I think he even says like, even though not that much time had passed, I already wanted
2: to. 100.
1: I'd already grown so much, and I wanted to change yeah. so I, much. I can and, say
2: that with 100. I. So I've made a comic for a band. I need more, I check them out. And that, they, they launched an album. They, um, uh, they signed with a label. And this was just before the pandemic hit. And uh, we had a big opening. I was signing the comic at this venue. And they were playing. And, uh, and it was beautiful. I felt like a rock star. It was one of the best days of my life. I was sketching people. And right after that one opening gig the pandemic hit, and then two years later, they start touring again with that album, with that comic. And that comic starts selling and selling well all over UK. And people have met me from that comic that is two years old that I will absolutely destroy <laughs> you know, uh, with every single. And, and obviously, I'm really proud of it and the, the work that I've done. It, it's, it was great. But artistically speaking, as for myself, I would do that completely again. And if someone compliments me on it, I don't feel that compliment in the least. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I completely get what he means.
0: Um, yeah, this is why I don't read the books <laughs> that we make once uh, <laughs> 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 <is> they're <it> done.
1: Out <laughs> um, yeah, I never look at it again.
0: <laughs> phenomenal. It's yeah. Very, yeah, 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 pretty it's, much. It's
3: kind of it's kind of interesting to hear that comment from people, and and I hear it all the time. But when you really appreciate someone's work, I mean, this, is it's stunning. It is a, a wonderful story. It's a one-shot. Like, he wasn't trying to take it somewhere else, you know. Yeah. It's very concise storytelling.
1: And it's so early on in his career as well. Like right he's embarrassed.
3: At the I mean, I barely draw backgrounds. <laughs> it's just the, the levels of which you talk about being embarrassed, Satoshi yeah. Kon. Like. It's yeah. so it's interesting to hear it from you guys as well because you're very like accomplished. So, but we all have this kind of like, ooh, the things I would redo, mm. the things I would redo. So I don't know. That's very universal, I think, from a lot of comic creators.
0: Unfortunately, so yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the creators' curse, I think, that you just—it's yeah. never enough, right? Uh, you can always do better. There's always improvements to be made. So I'm just going to check in with chat. Paladin said the amount of manga I've read um, focused on manga creators, big oofs on them deadlines. When I read, I think the character was barely a week to relax after uh, finishing a full volume before having only a month to make the next volume. Uh, May have just been a chapter. Been a while, several sources ago (laughs) since read. But yeah.
3: so I, the last comic I did, um, was printed before Thought Bubble in November, and I still feel like it's too soon to mount another creative project. I feel like I, the, the advice we give to all of the people who come to Whip, uh, Whip Comics Group is start small. Like you have to build back up to that level of like, or at least I do, and I know that other people find it useful because when you finish a big project, and actually I think he touches a bit on this as well. Finishing a big project, it's like a drop. And then I I found it difficult at least to try and like get another creative project. If I had a week between creative projects, I don't know, it'd be so easy to burn out. But then again, I don't do it for a living. So maybe I have a different sense of a different tolerance. But yeah. Yeah, really difficult to mount that effort again. Yeah. It was so it was so intensive and it took over my life. And then it's over. I can't go back to it's
1: too soon I feel that with like if I do like a really good video project or like something I'm like this is so good like I've done so well at this I can't do anything else because I'm like I'm never going to remount to this (laughs) ever again this is a fluke I don't have the talent to create something like this ever again this is this is a no it doesn't make sense
0: energy (laughs) like
1: I don't have the energy to do that again
0: it is a lot yeah but
1: I
3: will
0: but yeah yeah
1: give, <laughs> me give
3: me a second guys
1: itch comes a back and you're like why have i not made anything in all this yeah. time <laughs> i'm there i'm there
0: right now yeah. i'm somewhat lucky i don't know if lucky is the word but um the comic we're doing at the moment i'm doing at the moment is for someone else so it's like because we we have done some projects for other organizations like using characters that we create in the universe so that comes with its own deadline that's not it is not related to me just like we need this for this time so I kind of have to and having to do that because I learned yeah we we're doing a comic for our campaign um it's very small but that was a slower process, and then the the one we're working on for Tazzy's character getting slower process, and then this has come, obviously in a good way because it kind of kicked me and forced me to because I have to get it done because they're 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 paying uh, real money to <laughs> to have it done. So now <laughs> I feel money. like once it's done, it's going to be like a, okay, cool, next one because it's not it's not a lot uh, in the relative to our other work, it's not a lot, but it's like okay, now I'm in the in the flow again. Let me finish up these these next projects
1: it's it's easier when you don't have like someone else giving you a deadline uh, because you're like you you can set your deadline you can move that deadline quite easily yeah yeah so we will find out a bit uh from both of you so just a little bit to shout out any projects you've got coming up, where people can find you online, and anything else that you want to promote. This is your self-promotion segment. Get it all out. Uh, I know it can be tough.
3: <laughs> well, I think you go first. <laughs>
2: there we go. Oh, no. Damn it. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, well, I usually don't like to say that I'm doing things when they're not out already, because... That oh, you, know, you guys that know well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: You can just talk about the ones that are out.
2: <laughs> there is nothing out. There is just me working on the stuff. But I think they are out soon. So I just want people to all converge on my Instagram profile because those things will be advertised there. So we, uh, me and creator uh, Barry Flynn, uh, Ugly Many Comics, are creating a new collective called Gutter Lizards. And we plan to do comic fairs and events in uh, London, and you know all sorts of things. Maybe movies, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna throw everything at the, <laughs> you know, at the wall now. Uh, I'm working on my own stream because I felt like the best way to actually talk about, um, you know, the things that I love and like rant about all the <laughs> all the all the mangas and series that I've seen and I've read and, and comics. It's not in writing form because I've tried before, but it took me forever. So sometimes I just need to like turn on the camera, or just get it out of the system and never talk about that thing again <laughs> and, then, and then and then just kind of redirect people on those streams. So my stream is gonna call and it's gonna be called the Devil's Advocate. It's called like that not because of any Christian the uh, necessarily any Christian imagery. But just because I like a lot of things that people really don't like, uh, like the Star Wars prequels or Valeria in the movie, and I will be defending them at one point in the streams, so don't worry about it. It's coming. And They're I'm sorry. working. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm working on a comic, uh, which I think it will be in parts, but the parts will make sense. Uh, the comic is a manga, and it's uh, of the isekai genre, and it's called Straight for the Main Quest. And it will be a comic divided in levels of the characters, as in level, leveling up. Uh, and that will allow me to kind of churn out stuff that don't have an issue number, but make sense. And I said it now live on a yeah. stage, so I can't take it back. I now it's need recorded. to actually yeah if you like any of those things uh please follow me on Victor luca comics on instagram because I'm really really bad at social medias so just please do it thank you I'm out <laughs> My Lada, this is your now now I'm sorry this is yours now
3: now I'm looking forward to that devil's advocate I think that it's a great title because you're gonna set a fire under a lot of people so um I think that's that'll be that sounds really fun I look forward to listening to that. As for me, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stand and be the advocate for whip Comics. So we are a collective, but it's a creators' collective. It started off as a meet-up group. We used to meet once a month in the South Bank Centre in London. And since the pandemic, we've now opened it up to Zoom and all over the world. And essentially, it's like a self-help group. Or not self, but it's like a help group for comic creators. If you're working on an idea, if you're working on a story, or you just want help with how comics are made when you're looking for constructive kind feedback come to our group and it's very interesting to see the development of people's work and we've had some real success stories we've had award winners come through um we've had people who have never tabled never written anything and now they're on the broken frontier six to watch and so we have all of these amazing creators who come by and you know they just need to throw ideas at the wall or because being a comic creator can be quite isolating and sometimes you think you've got great ideas but you need to work them through or does this make sense does this read the way I want it to and I personally I've got so much benefit I love crowdsourcing ideas so I am quite maybe not everybody feels this way but I'm quite like I have this idea hit me with some other things what do we all think all right and I, I work off like energies from other people I think that's really useful so we now meet online once a month, and I think it's great. We do an anthology every year. This year, our theme is big, and we will be selling it at the uh, Thought Bubble Festival in November.
0: Oh, the theme is big, as in The theme is big. The theme is XL. Oh, okay. I thought that was leading oh, to someone. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was hype. <laughs> <laughs> that was...
3: Yeah, sorry. Um, every year, the, there's a theme. So this year, okay. the theme is XL, big. So every comic is going to be about something and it's, it's so good to have these comic creators have one theme and see where they go with it and the other limiting factor this year i don't want to give too much away but every year we have a limiting factor so there's always an element that constricts the artist profile you know they, they can't yeah, they yeah. can't be too wild with their ideas they have they have a very strict uh thing so yeah uh, i think if you are a comics artist and you need help or you just want to chat to other comics artists to our group the best place to find us, I think, as the group is Meetup. Just go to the Meetup website. We're there. It's Whip Comics. There is an Instagram. There is a Twitter. But it's a community group. So, um, yeah, coming to the actual events is the best way to go. And for self-promotion, I have one comic that I'm selling at the moment. It's an adaptation of a 1950s, 1960s sci-fi book by an author called Brian Aldiss. And it's one of my dreams comes true that it was actually licensed by the Aldous Estate. So it's official merch uh, from Ryan Aldous Estate, which I think is is still really, I can't believe it even now. That's amazing! amazing. That was what I did in November. That's what was released for for, Football last year.
1: We'll put some um, links in the the, uh, podcast show notes and in chat now. But also, um, I just want to shout out to Mega City Comics which Vic is a manager at. I've
0: never heard
2: of that before.
1: (laughs) Which uh, is where I purchased my copy copy from. I think, did everyone purchase their copy from Magazine? Um, Uh, I had
0: to get mine from a certain giant corporation. Traitor. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 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 Nigel, you're (laughs) getting kicked (laughs) off your own (laughs) podcast again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nigel, I went in for this book and I ended up buying another book as well. So I did both of them. I I I will say
0: though, I was in Mega City last. 30, you went Invict, but I uh, I got two other comics. One of your suggestions, Sakamoto Days. I got the volume oh, two. Fantastic! Of that. So I'm really redeemed looking yourself.
2: forward to see what you think about. Yeah, I just, just said...
0: redeemed uh, myself there, but yeah, I've I've given far it. too much money. Yeah, yes, yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so so all the years. Find- Oh yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. I'm doing your job. What am I doing that, here? I
1: mean, you were supposed to shout them out anyway. So You're absolutely right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you can find *Tropic of the Sea* at MegacityComics.co.uk. You can actually find it on the homepage, uh, right below. It says "Staff Recommendation." I'm staff. I recommend it.
1: Um, and then, if you want to go to the physical store, which is uh, great, a lot more fun. A lot more fun to do that.
2: Absolutely, uh, it's a really,
1: really cool store. Yeah. Am pump pumping the book?
2: Thank you. You will, more certainly, will. I'm always in there.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> it actually in there now?
2: This is just yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah this, is- <laughs> this is this is VR. This is like AI. <laughs> yeah,
0: <you> know. <laughs> All right. Should we close up the episode? Let me see if yeah. I can get this uh, these overlays to play nice. Look at that. Oh, it
1: wasn't lazy.
0: Uh yeah, I so thought I may as well may as well. We just had a comment in know. in chat that
1: uh from Deco 33, Vic, oh. my favorite guy at the store. Oh, my
3: <laughs> god. oh my god. god. That's so Deco, cool.
2: Tell tell us who you are. You will get a you get a discount. You
3: get into trouble, Vic. Um,
2: are
1: we are we on the two person? Are yes. we with Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's wrap up this, this episode, wrap up this live. So we do have some future plans coming at you. Uh, so we have some future podcast plans. Uh, so make sure you're following us on Twitch and subscribe to the podcast on all, all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're into the second half of season four. And you can also join the Studio 77 Discord and become a member for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the MyMatter universe. Members will, will be able to access recordings of the Story Club stream past the 14 day Twitch VOD window. Is it still 14 days? I think that might have changed.
0: Oh, is it? For, I, I don't know. You I, think know for
1: affiliates, I think we're still safe on 14 days. Okay. Um,
0: All right, cool. I need to probably should pay better attention to Twitch terms and conditions. But uh, mental note for future show notes, uh, as well as our uh, Twitch streams, we also have our Do I Look Like a Gamer? representation campaign as ongoing so our vision for the campaign which we started this year is to make it a nationwide effort uh, in collaboration with the UK games industry and we're calling on the games industry and people watching to share the message and answer the question do I look like a gamer so at the moment you can check out the campaign website and share the story of how you got into video games as part of the campaign So with the campaign, we're gonna be looking at targeting parents and educators as well as young people uh, to gain better awareness of career paths uh, and just the games industry as an actual viable <laughs> career path. Because believe it or not, uh, many people do not believe it is a viable career path. Um, and outside of video games, we also make manga. You may have heard the, you know, in, in that imposter syndrome segment, uh, I mentioned that we do different manga comics. So our latest comic is Serious Through the Fog, which is available. Uh, to purchase Uh, and like a proper professional I've not put the link in the show notes so I cannot share that uh, with you but believe me when I tell you it is there it exists Uh, Mymatter.com, you'll find it it's on our it's on our front page too so um, you can also uh, we've got other comics uh, coming out as I hinted towards we've also started another twitch series where I speak with a different comic creator Uh, each mm, I was going to say each month that's actually not true but uh, some months most of the the majority of months uh, in the calendar year Uh, so it's called casual conversations with comic creators and it's actually started by uh, well with Lara was the first the pilot episode I'm going to say and that triggered the the series that is now uh, ongoing so I'm looking to start another episode in September um, and then uh, go on from there but you can also check out highlights from past uh, conversations on our YouTube uh, as well. So as for the podcast, uh, stay tuned because we release episodes every Thursday and those episodes include creator interviews, They include video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture like the one you have just listened to. Uh, And our email address is feedback at mymatter.com. You can also check out the website to listen to all the future episodes that are coming. Go back in the past and listen to those episodes too. So that's mymatter.com forward slash story x story. Uh, So until next time, thank you for watching. Stay safe. And remember, we all hate our old work so it's not just you it is all of us so uh, (laughs) thanks for watching take care everyone